If you would open your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we'll be looking at the last two verses from chapter 7, verses 28 and 29. Here is our Lord finishes up his sermon on the mount. It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one who had a, having authority and not as the scribes. Let's pray. Our Father, we ask this morning for your forgiveness that's only found in your darling Son. Forgive us of our many sins, our unbelief. Our minds and our hearts are so prone to wonder, Lord, we feel it. Prone to leave the God we love. Focus our attention now upon eternal, eternal things. Clear our thoughts and our minds and our heart from every vain thing that would try to distract us. Lord, would you be pleased to speak to us through your word, open up our eyes that we may see, open up our ears that we may hear, and give us the desire to look to you, and if we've never believed, and help us this day to trust in you as our Lord and Master. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. He taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. When he had finished his these sayings, I want to go back just for a few minutes and show you some of these sayings here in this chapter. No, sir, it came to pass, and it always will. Just look in the scriptures, all these things that came to pass. You know what's happening right now? Things are coming to pass. We're here this morning because God has decreed it and it came to pass. And when Christ had finished his message, you wonder what those people thought. They've never heard anything like this before. Now, they'd heard a lot of sayings. I'll show you in a minute, I've already made mention a couple of weeks ago that you've heard it said by them of old time, this is what they said, but I say unto you, and it said when he had finished his sayings, this whole book, not just these three chapters, chapter five, six, and seven, but this whole book is his sayings. It's his book. It's about him. And about his glory and how he saves his people. Someone said he has the final say. Everybody want to argue and debate, and he never debated. He preached to these people. What our Lord says matters. He said, if you hear these sayings of mine and you do them, so it's not just hearing what he says but it's doing. He said he's like a man that built his house on the rock. 
But what about a man who hears and won't do? He said, well, that's a good saying, and I, and, I, and I see that. And he's reproved me about some things, but I'll just move on. He said, he's like a man who built his house on the sand. The storm come against both houses. Both houses were built, both houses probably. The, the one on the sand may even look better than the house on the rock. It's not what you see. You can't see their foundation. What are they resting on? What are we resting on? We deceive our own heart. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. But one thing will, one thing is for certain. When the storm comes, when the persecution comes, when, when sickness comes, all many things come, it's going to reveal to us, am I resting in Christ? Or am I resting just in what I know? It's not just knowing facts, it's knowing a person. A lot of these people knew the scriptures. He said he spoke with authority, not like the scribes. Now, the scribes, they knew the scriptures. That was their responsibility. They scribed the scriptures. They didn't have printing presses. They scribed them. They could have told you what verse of scripture, chapter and verse that it was in, but they didn't know the God of the scriptures. It is sad how far a man can go in religion and never know Christ. And that's where they were at. They were living their lives by all these sayings. And does that not sound familiar today? Men say, well, the Bible says this, and it doesn't say that. They say, well, it says this, well, and it doesn't say that. Well, you've heard it, you've, we've heard it all of our life that, you know, when before the end time, you won't be able to tell the difference between seasons. It doesn't say that. Well, why do people say that? Because they've always said it. Those are men's sayings. But what does this, the question is, what does this book say? And you know what? In this, in this chapter alone, I mean, in this sermon alone, he told them what it said. He told them what it said. We would be wise to listen to what our Lord has to say. If he's going to speak to you, he will speak to you through the gospel. Back in chapter 1, the beginning of the sermon, verse 1 and 2, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And he, when he was set, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, All his children shall be taught of God. These people had been taught of the scribes and the Pharisees. We were raised and we were taught religion. We were taught that's what it meant. We were taught that's what the Bible said. But when we heard the truth, we found out, well, there's something wrong here. Somebody's saying something that's not right. Somebody's saying something contrary to this book. And he opened his mouth. He sat down, this multitude, we don't know how many were there, and he told them. Down, then down, if you want to turn back to chapter 5, verse 17, 
Can you imagine putting yourself in those people's shoes? When they heard what he was saying, they had to have asked a question because it says they did. He, he spoke with authority. He, do, he doesn't speak like the scribes do. The scribes spoke with borrowed authority. They would say, well, such and such scribe says this, or such and such says that. They couldn't say, well, I say. He's the only one that can say, I say unto you. He's the only one with the authority. He's been given all authority. It's in his hands. This one that's speaking is the very same one that spoke the world into existence. He's the one that said, let there be light, and there was light. He was the one that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. He spoke, he said, God said, this is the one. This is the lawgiver and the law keeper. But in Matthew 5, 17, think not that I'm come to destroy the law. They probably thought that. He's going to destroy this law? This has been our rule of life for years, thousands of years. Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. You know what the law and the prophets spoke of? They spoke of him. When he was on the road to Emmaus with those people and they, with their hearts were broken, their hearts were sad, he showed them from Moses and the prophets they spoke of him. You think I've come to destroy the law and the prophets? Oh, no, I didn't come to destroy them. I come to fulfill all the laws. The law of the Sabbath, he's the law keeper. He didn't come to destroy it, he came to fulfill it. And every jot and every tittle has been fulfilled. And then he said, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle, one dot of the eye, one colon, one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all the law is fulfilled. Everything that spoke of him, that prophesied of him, even when he was hanging on the cross, when he said, I thirst that the scriptures would be fulfilled, and they're fulfilled. What does that mean? Well, first of all, it means I'm not under the law. We don't meet on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was on Saturday. Well, why do we meet on the first day of the week? It's when Christ rose from the dead. That's why. And some people say, Seventh-day Adventists, that you that they worship on Saturday. And some people say that we honor a Christian Sabbath. No, we don't. Christ is our Sabbath. All that is being fulfilled. I'm glad we don't, we, we looked at Wednesday night on something, food that was clean and some was unclean. That's fulfilled. That's fulfilled. And this is what he said. He's showing them. He's fulfilled these laws. Whosoever shall therefore break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But who shall do them and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, everybody listen, I say unto you, that except your righteousness, 
exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter in to the kingdom of heaven. All their righteousness was outward. It was in forms and rituals. You remember how our Lord, our Lord did things. He did it on purpose just to shake up their little uh, apple cart. He healed a man on the Sabbath day on purpose, and it made them so mad. He said, uh, do you just do, do you not do those things? Do you not show mercy on the Sabbath day? He seen them going, they went through the cornfield. They were picking corn. They were just getting them something to eat. Oh, they criticized them. They criticized them. You didn't wash your hands before you eat? See, they were strict. They were very strict about things. And they thought that that righteousness made them accepted in God's sight. Somebody told them that's what it said. And they believed it. Do this and live. That's what it says. That's what it says. The law says do this and live. Don't do this and you'll die. Well, how much do I need to do? It's never enough. But that's what it says. And God doesn't just sweep it aside. That has to be fulfilled. The wages of sin is death. That's what it says. Well, somebody has to die. You or Christ. That's what it says. He fulfilled the law. How? He died. The law can do no more. He satisfied the law. He fulfilled it. Who did he fulfill it for? Well, he fulfilled it for himself and for his law that had been broken, but also in the place of his people. Accept your righteousness. I want to be found in him not having my own righteousness. It's not what I eat or what I don't eat. It's not what I drink or what I don't drink. It's not what I wear or what I don't wear. That has nothing to do with it. He said, he said, you appear beautiful to men. He said, you look like a whited grave. Oh, they've got the prettiest headstone and cost a lot of money. But he said, inwardly, you're full of dead man's bones. See, here's what he said. He's seen the heart. They were just interested in what men could see. And apart from grace, that's all of us. Left to ourself, all we have is a man-made self-righteousness. In Isaiah 42, verse 21, the Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. He said, I didn't come to destroy it. They thought, you're coming to tear down all these traditions. In Matthew 5, 21, you've heard it said by them of old times, you shall not kill, but whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Oh, that takes on different light, doesn't it, Paul? You're angry with your brother without a cause? Shall be in danger of the judgment. Verse 27, you've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. 
But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. See what he said? You remember that time they brought this woman to our Lord? They said, we have caught her in the act of adultery. Where's the man at? Why did they just bring the woman? I think the man was in the crowd with all the other men. I think they'd set her up just on purpose just to bring her. And I can see them, I can see them just bring her in and just throw her right down in front of you. What, does, what do you say ought to be done to this woman? He just kind of ignored them. <laughs> Never even said a word. Wrote on the ground. He said, well, what do you say? We know Moses is, Moses under the law said this woman ought to be taken outside and we stone her to death. That's what the law said. That's what it said. What do you say? He kept writing, he never looked up, and he said, you that's without sin, you cast the first stone. Mm. He said something. And you know what it said? They were convicted of their heart. You know what it was? It was because of what he said. Well, you know what he said? Which one of you have the right to throw a stone at this woman? Which one of you think you're better than this woman? None of them. You know what? The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. They had all law without grace. It was all letter without, without the spirit of the law. Just the letter makes men hard, makes them mean, makes them critical. But he showed grace. Matthew 5, 38, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You do something to me, you're going to get the same in return. But what did he say? That you resist not evil. Who shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other. You say, well, that's an impossibility. Apart from grace, it is. They ain't, they ain't, I'm telling you, people may try to act humble. You walk up and smack somebody right in the face and don't do anything about it. You know who fulfilled this? Our Lord did. They plucked the hair off of his face. They spit in his face, and he never opened his mouth. You know what that is? That's righteousness. Vengeance is mine. He said, I will repay. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. Not the first time. I didn't come to condemn the world. I come to save the world. You know what? We were always enemies. But this is what he said. This is what he did. Verse 43 of chapter 5. You've heard it. It said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Love your enemies. Did he? Yeah. 
When we were here, God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, he died for us. We were all his enemies. His enemies. Mark, I mean, Matthew 6, 31, take, there no, take no thought, saying, What we shall eat, or what shall we drink, wherewithal shall we be clothed? After all these things do the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. Not everyone that saith, they saith. You've heard it said, and here's what they say. Lord, Lord. He said, they honor me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What is his will? To believe on his Son. Our Lord said, when he in the garden, he said, not my will, but thine be done. He came to do the Father's will. And he did do the Father's will perfectly. He bowed to his will. But he that doeth, whoso heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him unto a wise man which built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. And every house will be tried. Believers and unbelievers. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house on the sand. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the, was the fall of it. It wouldn't stand. It couldn't stand. It'll fall. Eventually, it will fall. This is not just in the day of judgment, but in this life. Before then, it will fall. It will crumble. It has no foundation. What is the foundation? What is it you build on? We know Christ is the foundation, but it's upon his sayings. What does he say? Rest upon him. I need a righteousness. I need a righteousness. When Noah built that ark, he told him how big to build it. He told him what wood to build it out of. And then he told him to cover that ark within and without with pitch. Why? That ark is going to go through a storm. All the wrath of God will be poured out upon that ark. Basically, it will be submersed from water from beneath and water from above. It will be covered in water. What's to protect those on the inside? The ark. That word pitch is the same word where we get atonement. What's going to protect us when the flood of God's wrath comes? His righteousness. It's in Christ. Everybody outside Christ perish. They said, I, I don't care what Noah says. It ain't going to rain. Oh, yeah, it did. Sandy was doing some studying, and she said, John Gill said, you know, I never really thought about it, that God not only protected him in the ark, but he protected him 120 years while he built the ark because there was nothing but wickedness in the world, and he protected him when he went in the ark. God protects his people. 
God gives them his righteousness. It's not a righteousness you work up. It's, it's not what you say. What, no matter what I say cannot change who I am. I can say, Lord, Lord, all I want to, and repeat scriptures all I want to, but that can't change, and it won't change who I am. He must change it. He said, this people draw nigh to me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. One day our Lord was speaking, and he turned and he said something that offended people. And he turned and looked at the disciples and said, will you leave also? And they said, where are we going? You have the words of eternal life. But you know what offended them? It wasn't so much what he did, but what he said. It says here that when he had finished these sayings, the people were astonished with amazement. Someone said the word means dumbfounded. What did we just hear? We've never heard anything like this before. And they hadn't. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. In John chapter 7, verse 44, And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and the Pharisees. What they'd done, they sent these men from the Pharisees. They said, you go, you go and arrest him and bring him in here. Then came the officers to the chief priest. They came back, and they said unto him, Well, where is he at? Why didn't you bring him? And you know what they said? The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. We ain't about to bring him. You imagine what in grace, what if, the, what if God was pleased to save them in? They were sent to arrest him, and they were arrested. <laughs> they were arrested by his words. They said, well, why didn't you bring him? Oh, you never heard this man. You may have heard about him, but we heard him. Never man, no man ever spake, and no man ever has. No man has ever spake up to that time, and no man has ever spake since that time. No man has ever spake like this man. He's the perfect son of God. His word is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder so in the spirit. You may just hear a man and it not do anything for you. But if you ever hear him speak, that's the difference. You'll say, I never heard anything like that before. They said years ago that when Mr. Spurgeon, he had such a, a large congregation, there'd probably be about 5,000 there on Sunday morning. And they would actually tell those people, if you would, don't come back tonight to make room for somebody else. And there was a couple that was going to try to get into the morning service, and they couldn't get in. So they went to some other church, and when they left that church and heard that speaker, the wife looked over at his husband and said, you know what, what a good sermon. 
What a great sermon. Sunday night they went back to hear Spurgeon. And I got in, got to listen. And when they left the building, there was tears in their eyes. And the lady looked up to her husband and said, what a savior. That's the difference. That's the difference. No man ever spake. No man ever spake in grace like this man did. All they'd ever heard were do's and don'ts and condemnation. Where's some mercy and grace? He, did, he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. We never heard anyone like this before. Grace flows from his lips. He taught them as one having authority. Like I said, his authority is not borrowed authority. All the scriptures speak of him. He didn't say, well, such and such says. He didn't say, well, Isaiah says. He didn't say, well, Ezekiel says. But they did speak of him. No, he said, I say. Nobody else has the right to say, well, I say, but he can. I say, I say unto you. And that's how he speaks. That's how he speaks. He's the law giver and the law keeper. Where was the law kept? In the Ark of the Covenant. In man's hands, in Moses' hands, it was broken because man had sinned. And it has to be kept. So he didn't put the broken law in there. He put the kept law in that ark, sprinkled with the very blood of the propitiation. He said here in this text, and they'd heard him, the very one who spoke will be the very one who sits in that day to judge men. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, they're going to say it unto me. They're not going to be somebody else there. It's me they're going to speak to. And, and they're going to say, notice it, there, it's what they say. They say, Lord, Lord. He said, not everyone's going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's not the one that says, but the one that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. And you've heard me say, what's the will of the Father? That you believe in his Son whom he has sent. There is no authority above his. There's no higher court. I I want to appeal to a higher court. He is the highest court. All judgment and all authority is in his hands. All authority. He did not teach like the scribes. What impression did our Lord have upon those who heard? He said he taught with authority. The scribes, they teach. They teach us the law. They don't teach with any authority. They come to our Lord one day and they said, who gave you the authority to do this? 
Who gave you the, the authority? He said, I'll ask you one question, and you tell me, and I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. We asked him a question, they couldn't answer, and he said, well, I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> he saw through their stupidity. He saw through their ignorance. They thought they could trap him. <laughs> He's God. In the Old Testament, the law said stay away. The law said stay out. That's what the law said. Don't even let an animal touch that mountain. But grace says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Now, that's grace. He said, hey, you know, I know what he said. I've read what he said. <laughs> and that's our foundation. It's what he said and what he keeps saying. When the people listened to him, they said, We've never heard anything like this. We've never heard anyone. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Our Lord had been, he'd left Nazareth and he'd been out doing miracles and preaching the gospel. And one day he, come, he comes to Nazareth. He come on purpose. He may have come to check on his mama. He may come to check on Mary. And when he had been, where he had been brought up, and, was his, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. <clears throat> well, why did he do that? Why did he go to the synagogue? Well, that's where people would be gathered. He went there to preach the gospel to these people, and it was under the law, and he fulfilled the law. He went to the synagogue. That was his custom, and the custom was that somebody would stand up to read the scriptures. So they thought, well, Jesus is with us today, and we're going to ask Jesus if he would come up and read the scriptures for us. And there was delivered unto him the book, the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book and he found the place where it was written. What does that mean? He didn't just get up here and wherever it fell, that's where he read from. He looked and he found the scripture in the book of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now that sounds like grace, doesn't it? To preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and he closed the book. He just read it to him, And he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. And everybody's looking at him. Did you hear what he just read? Did you hear what he just read? And all eyes were upon him and that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. 
What scripture that he just read? He come to heal the broken heart. Now watch this. And all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, and they said what? Is not this Joseph's son? You bunch of idiots. I don't mean that wrong, but he's not Joseph's son. He's the son of God. But you see what they thought? They said, in the, almost in the same voice, they said, oh, they wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. Oh, this is, this is the son of Joseph. No, he's not. He's the son of God. Joseph, God used him to take care of him, but he was not his father. What was the response from this? Now, this is what I want you to see. What did our Lord say? He said, this day the scripture's fulfilled in your ears. They heard him say it. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Well, they just, a moment ago, Jeffrey, they said that they wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth, and now they're filled with anger. Everybody in this synagogue, they knew who Jesus was. They'd been raised with him. He'd lived here for 30 years, 30 years. We mad. Why'd they get mad? When they heard these things, they were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. But he passing through the midst of them went his way. I didn't read all the text for time, but you know what he preached to those people? He preached to them election. He said there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elisha the prophet, but God didn't send that prophet to none of them, but to a Gentile woman. There's many lepers in Israel in the times of Elisha the prophet, and God didn't heal none of those, but Naaman the Syrian, another Gentile. Oh, we can't have this. Did you hear what he just said? Well, we claim to believe in election, not election like that. You, we sure wouldn't elect a bunch of Gentiles. They heard what he said. And if men ever hear what he says, they'll get mad. He don't make them happy. You can tell them how good they are. None of them ever get mad. You think about that. Oh, oh, the gracious words. And those were gracious words that come out of his mouth. But then when he told them election, they said, oh, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. Our Lord, when he was on the mount, they said, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Let me read you one more text. He spoke. Oh, that God would speak to men. If he ever speaks, they're never the same. You don't listen to the gospel with indifference. Either it's a savor of life unto life or it's a savor of death unto death. Either you will bow to it and fall in love with him by his grace or you'll hate him that much more. You may claim to love him with your mouth, but your heart will be far from him. 
It says in Hebrews 1, 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, how he spoke to them. He hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the world. The same one that said, let there be light, the same one that created this world for his glory and for his honor is the same one that must speak to you and cause a new creation to happen, something that was never there before. What he says, when he says, and it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You know why he sat down? The law's been fulfilled. It's all satisfied. The priest in the Old Testament never sat down. There were a lot of, there was the Ark of the Covenant, the the table of showbread, the altar of incense, the golden lampstand, all these things, but there was never a seat because his work was never done. When he had by himself purged our sin, what did he mean purged? That means they're gone. It would be like me something getting something filthy on this shirt and it's died. It has something, has, somebody has to purge it to get it out. He gets it out. There's no spot, there's no wrinkle, there's no such thing. And being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And who did he do this for? He did it for his people. No man ever spake. 